Breaking news concerning the U.S. economy. Official figures show the stock market the Hey, Whitewater friends and family. Welcome to a place you can belong before you believe. That means that you can be you. Now, um, I love that God created the church and he really created reality originally to be a place of, of, of unity with lots of diversity. The church is supposed to be a place that has uh, lots of different people that come together from different backgrounds, different cultures, different perspectives. It's so much diversity that comes together in unity around Jesus. Now, we know that's a struggle and that can be a challenge at times. And we are in the middle of a cultural conversation that is crucial right now. It's a very tough conversation, but it's a very necessary conversation around racial justice and racial reconciliation. The scriptures teach us that uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, it was good. And it had what the, the Bible calls shalom or peace. The best you know, English word is actually flourishing, where all things are, are right, as they should be. Another definition of shalom is peace with God, peace with self, peace with others, and peace with creation. Now, when sin entered the world, uh, one way to look at sin is a breaking or fracturing of shalom, of peace. One of the biggest uh, signs of sin is the fracture of peace between us and God within ourselves, having peace in, in, your, in your own identity, peace with others, and peace with creation. So when we see um, families, organizations, countries designed in ways that create partiality or have partiality in the sin of racial hatred and um, hatred of someone from another culture, um, this is sickening to God. And this is why he sent Jesus to, to repair and heal that shalom. So Jesus follows, and we follow in that pattern, we become shalom bringers. Not that we are the ones with the power to do all that, but God loves to partner with us by his spirit to bring shalom, peace, and flourishing. And so, friends, I, I just think uh, it's so important right now that we be peacemakers and we engage in the conversation with listening ears to learn how we can be part of bringing God's peace on earth. I want you to check out this conversation that is a model of listening and peacemaking between two very you know, different backgrounds and different perspectives. Check this out. Hi folks, this is Keith. I think y'all seen me a couple of times. And today I'm here with my new brother from another mother, Rick. We're gonna to talk today more about racism in America. We're gonna have a deep conversation about it. Uh, we're gonna get Rick's viewpoint because he did something that really we were hoping and praying that would happen, something that changed. So further ado, Rick, I'll give it to you. Hi, 
you know, even the moment you even said racism right there, just immediately, I know some people that are watching this are going to go, here we go again. What now? Right? Right. I'll be honest. I didn't really believe what you were saying. When you talked about how you got pulled over and um, you may or not be going home, I literally was thinking, yeah, right, dude, it's Puyallup. This is not real. Like, come on. And, and it made me angry a little bit. You know, racism isn't real because I don't, I don't see it. I've lived here my whole life. I've lived in the Puyallup area. I don't see anybody saying, hey, you, this or that, right? And I've always felt like people that are going to use that, you know, say that that's real, that, oh, they're making excuses for their shortcomings or why they don't have certain things. So that makes me angry. Your story got me to, to go and question my beliefs. Everything we see and read, we have to question these days. Everything, people are contradicting themselves. Um, so I'm like, I'm gonna do this on my own. So instead of going and getting stuff from the media or listening to my friends or my family or you know my sphere of people that I already know and I talk to, how they feel, I was like, all right, I'm gonna talk to 10 black people, I'm gonna ask them, and then we'll see what's up, right? Is it 30%, three out of 10? I had to stop at five. And by the way, every single person was super nice. Mm -hmm. Stopped shopping. They don't know me from anything. And yeah, what can I do for you? And I said, um, do you mind if I ask you a question? Has racism ever affected you personally? Can you give me an example? Because I hear all these stories from other places, but can you give me an example today? The gal said, um, yeah, I was walking through this very store and there was an elderly couple coming the other way. And the gal leans over and nudges the guy and says, hey, what about, what about that? And he, what about the dark meat? And he said, oh, hell no. Okay, so ouch, right? Wow. Um, the next guy, has, have, has anything ever happened to you in a racist way around here? Like, you, can you give me an example? And he was fumbling because he, he seemed like he had too many examples. He's like, like recently? I'm like, yeah. And he, he said, okay. Well, I was standing in line um, at a grocery store. And I married, I married a, a white woman. I have biracial kids. One's really light, one's really dark. Mm -hmm. And when he's standing there with his two kids, the lady behind him was talking to her husband and said, he probably stole the other one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. How'd that make you feel when you heard that? It made me understand a lot more. Because mm. I have kids. And it took me four years to have my boy, right? Mm -hmm. So he biologically had that kid. Right. And someone's gonna tell you, in front of your kids, maybe you stole one. Right. So, yeah. Almost less than human, right? Yeah. Like she was saying, less than human. That's, and that's- And they don't know him. They, they don't know him, and, and that's the thing we're talking about. Just, you have to open up. These are people, I mean, there's one race, it's the human race, that's it. A little bit different color between us and everything, but it's one race and everything, and, and I just, that's what we gotta start preaching more of and everything. When you hear stuff like that, even if you were standing behind them, you gotta step up and say, you know I, what, that's I, not I, but right. But it doesn't happen where I can hear it. Where'd you hear that's it? why no. I'm saying it's not real because yeah. I've never, never seen, seen it. it with no. my own eyes. Yeah. It's these invisible jabs yeah. that of course I'm not gonna think it's real because I'm not listening. So I knew that these jokes existed. Right. You know, I've made jokes, right? Yeah. But not to a black person. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. So I didn't think people actually said that to people. Yeah. Because that's hate. Yes. That's hate. And you know what the thing was about the kid that, that impressed me the most? He excused it away. Because when he explained that to me, I, and I was like, I would knock your 
asked out if you said I stole my kid. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. Like, I would have a hard time. Exactly. I'm getting older, so probably, maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> but man, you catch me in a bad day and, and you tell me my kid, I, I stole my kid. Right. Because he's a different color. So, and, and the kid, he said, I, I said, well, how did that make you feel? Because I want to know, right? right. Um, and he said, well, you know, I know everybody has their own opinion. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And, you know, I, he shrugged it off. He excused it away. He's the one getting... Yeah. Yeah. As I said before, with comments like that, I was mad for him. It, with comments like that, it's just a Tuesday for a black person. It's just a Tuesday. We hear it all the time and everything. Yeah. We have to do it. Uh, one incident that happened to me up here, um, I was in a restaurant. I'm from the South. Mm. So in the South, we like sweet tea. So I actually say, okay, well, the tea and everything is, is it a lighter color or more of a darker color when you, you, know, you steep the tea bags a little bit longer because I like it strong. She told me, well, you can take your finger and stir it around and maybe it'll turn darker. This is the waitress that told me that. Yeah. Now, the person I was with and everything, you know, immediately you could see tears welling up in her eyes and everything because she couldn't believe that woman just said that. Me, I had to push everything aside and say, you know what? She either does not know or she maybe think this is a joke or something like that, but it wasn't right. Now, here it is. I still got to be the forgiving one. After, first of all, you insulted me and everything, but I have to forgive you for that. So it's just incidents like that and everything that happen to us all the time. Where do you get that forgiveness? How do you have that? You know, my mom and grandmama taught us to forgive. You forgive people. You do. Also, too, if you let that person anger you, that person has complete control over you. Oh, it's gonna you can let it it's wreck your eat day. You. It, it'll eat you up alive and everything. See me, I chose when people see me and everything, I'm always smiling, I'm having a good time. Because I don't think I've ever seen you not smile. <laughs> because to me, life is too short. Things are gonna happen to you and everything. It's what you do with the rest of that day or what you do with the rest of that situation. It can be a teachable moment. And so that's where I get my forgiveness from and everything. I mean, you know, and sometimes people just don't know you have to tell them, say, man, that wasn't cool. So that, that's a problem then because you were taught those principles right. by your family. Exactly. So not everybody has that family. Right. Not everybody has those principles. They're not taught at home. They're not taught at school that you've got, you know, children, raising children and people that just have this anger. And, and this, this kid that I was talking to, who excused that away. Mm -hmm. Then I asked him the question about the talk with the kids uh -huh. because that got to me. Yeah. When you said, you know, oh, white people don't know nothing about that. We have to talk to our kids and let them know, hey, at some point, someone may treat you differently based on the way that you look. Mm -hmm. That's a really crappy thing to have to explain to a kid because they're immediately gonna say, well, this isn't my fault. Right. Um, that's, that's just messed up. You can't have that. So I asked him, I said, you know, did your parents ever have to have that talk with you? And he goes, oh yeah, I remember exactly when it happened. It was, I was at a grocery store in university place mm -hmm. and um, his mom was, he was in checkout line with his mom and the checker would not check her out because she was black. They had to get a new checker in there. And I'm like, man, you don't look very old. How old are you? He told me, I backed it up, 1998. Mm. My junior year of high school. Mm. If you would have asked me in my junior year of high school, if somebody was refused to check out their groceries just 10, 15 miles away from here, I wouldn't believe you. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm just blown away. I, I feel so bad that that is actually happening. I feel like it's really opened my eyes in, in a way that, you know, I'm walking down the store and I see somebody walking towards me and the things that are going through my mind are different. Because the, the young man that shared with me you know, what was said to him in a store, how his mom got down on her knee and told him life's going to be different for you because right now I can't check out groceries because this person doesn't like the fact that I'm black. These stories matter. And I want people to ask these questions 
And I, you know, when I first hear and see this stuff about Black Lives Matter, well, I'm a Christian, I love everybody, right? All people are equal. Of course, Black Lives Matter. And then I immediately want to say, well, all lives matter. It's not, when, when somebody says that, it, I feel like they're assuming that if I don't agree with their whole agenda and their whole movement and every little bit of it, that I don't care about black lives. So you see how that kind of puts up a wall with me, right? You don't agree with Black Lives Matter? No, I, you got a, a, a thing, your movement, but you're talking about lives. You're talking about lives, of course. I think a lot of the things that people associate their lives with is, is jumping into the mix of the heart of the issue of what's going on. Republican, Democrat, uh, mask-wearing person, non-mask-wearing person, your beliefs about the world, is it flat, is it, do we have climate control? All these things, these tensions, at the end of the day, it, it has nothing to do with between two people, mm -hmm. what is happening. So if I just discovered that there's an injustice that's happening on a human level, that it's quietly happening all around that I'm not, I'm not seeing, that needs to change. But you can like Coke and I can like Pepsi mm -hmm. and I can love you. Right. I can like Ford and you can like Chevy. I can still barbecue with you if you're not a Chevy guy. Coming from the South, uh, where I'm from and everything is, I have a lot of people that, that just hate your gut because of skin color. Mm -hmm. We had this guy to come into the store. I've been in sales for a long time. We had a store to come, a guy to come in the store. I mean, you talking about hateful and racist and mm. couldn't get over it. You know, something just Lord put some in me. So you know what? I'm gonna go find out what this guy's problem is. We started to talk, and before you know it, this guy's buying all kind of stuff from me and everything is because awesome. in his mind he thought that black folk in general were thugs. Hmm. They were stealing. They were out there robbing, you smoke weed and stuff like that until he got to know me. Once we opened that conversation and everything, it's like saying, you know what? I need to stop that foreshadowing that all black people are like this. Some people get so in tune to their life that their work is their everything that they forget how to live and they forget how to love. Um, and that this image of them is really what's important. When you pull that to the side, we're all human. We all bleed together. We all experience the same frustrations. We all have bills. We all have responsibilities. That young man, he, you know, when, when my son was in the bathroom, um, we started talking about potty training. I like Harbor Freight. You know, a lot of guys like tools yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I mentioned how I always got the catalog in the bathroom and he's like, me, you know, me too. And I was like, you ever catch your little guy in the bathroom doing number two? And he's got the magazine. And when he said, yeah, and we both start laughing, I shared a moment with him that I could relate. Right. Rather than being this here, now we're we're side by side because we experience the same things. We bleed, we have kids, we experience joy, and we experience pain. To hate each other for what we like or dislike doesn't make any sense to me. I think we need to continue to push the, the notion of what we believe um, and question those things, especially in moments where there's massive pain, massive protests, now, I'm not agreeing with all the protest things and saying that because of what's happening to you or what has happened to you, that it's okay to go burn down a building, right? Yeah. But I understand why you're mad now. Um, the, the white privilege thing, it bugged me because I see different definitions of what that means. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be sorry for being white, right? I don't feel like I've gained anything extra in life for being white. But what I've, what I've learned from talking with black people about their life is that life is not the same. So I, I instantly thought of, we play the Nintendo Wii a lot, we're indoors a lot, right? Right, right. Like American Ninja Warrior, you got, there's a white person, black person, they're both 
equally starting out on the game. They're running down this path. Yes, the path is the same. The characters are the same. We both have the same legs, everything's normal, but you're gonna have more swinging objects at you. Right. You're gonna have more things you have to go through. Bob and Weep, yep. Right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. The omission of that in my life is that privilege. And I just was not aware of the pain. I, I, would, have, I would have said, I bet you $1,000 this is not happening for real in real life in my area, maybe in the last two decades. So to have five people out of five people that I walked up to, total random strangers, all have an immediate story of something that happened local to them about their skin color within a couple of months' time, my mind was blown. Powder kid, yep. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, so I understand why black people are mad because they're seeing things that we don't see and they're hearing things we don't hear. So I challenge everybody, if you don't think it's real, go and talk to people. Like you said, you're not gonna bite. Everybody I, I asked, if I could ask them that question, they stopped and they gave me their time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's the bridge. Don't just out of spite or out of just anger, lash out at people. Learn, listen. If you're just not willing to have an open mind to go into this thing and mm -hmm. say, hey, you know, what have I got to lose? We've been right. doing it this way for so long and everything, and it's, what is gonna hurt me to learn? To learn about that person. To ask them that question and everything. And as you notice and everything, nobody said, get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. No. Always. Not one person. Always and, and a few yeah. of them said, thank you for asking. Yes. And looked at me like, did a white person just ask me that? Exactly. <laughs> That's said, all yeah. I want. I, I watched a video. My church had a sermon and they said, hey, this is Keith. Nice black guy. Come talk to us. Let's find out if this is real. So I said, okay. It's, it's, it's pretty simple. And now I know what the truth is because that, that's, that's real. You can't get more real than that. Man, I just have to tip my hat off to you for even doing that. That that was when George told me that and everything is, man, I just over immediately just overfilled with joy. Comes like saying, finally, if I just reached one person, then the good Lord has made me a vessel to get to that person to say, hey, open your eyes up and see. So your story, it, it says a lot. Relationships are the currency of the kingdom of God, not opinions. And Jesus showed us, um, not to not to make our opinions bigger than the relationship. And I just want to encourage you, no matter where you stand on some of these subjects, no matter where you're at on your, your journey of discovery, I, I just want to encourage you to continue dialoguing with real people, not just, you know, posting uh, opinions on the internet, uh, not just texting a quick point to someone to win an argument, but like trying to discover truth together, uh, being willing to be wrong or to ask to, to know what your blind spots are, because every person has a perspective, but everybody also has a blind spot. That's you, that's me, that's any person. And so I hope if you take anything from that conversation, um, whether you agreed or weren't sure or were offended by it, I wanna, I wanna encourage you to have the uncomfortable conversations that help you grow. We all have to, if we're gonna mature, be willing to have uncomfortable conversations whether it's with family members, friends. And in this situation, in our culture right now, we have to cross boundaries. And that might be uncomfortable to have uncomfortable conversations so that we can grow. Because I want our church to look more like heaven, which is diverse, filled with all kinds of people that are able to worship God together in unity.